What's up, homies? You're listening to another episode of the Life in Paradise podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Harper. The only show on the interwebs that has nothing to do with the title. Today is Sunday, March 6th, 2022. Driving today, I saw diesel for $5.03 per gallon. We please end the Ukraine shit show? You just need to end it real quick. But you didn't come here to hear me whine. Well, maybe you did. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job and lots and lots of opinions. So I come here about once a week or two to get them off my chest. I don't expect you to agree with everything I say, and that's okay. Chances are I won't agree with everything you say. But that's okay, because we can still be friends. Part of what's wrong with the world today is that we can't disagree without being disagreeable. And I spent some time this weekend disagreeing with family members, and it was very agreeable. I just returned from Georgetown, Texas for a family funeral. And I will say, it was the most happy, joyous funeral I've been to. But I just wanted to prove to you that no matter what, under no circumstances do I ever do pre-recorded intros. Sit back, relax, and hand me the keys to the casket for about the next 30 to 45 minutes. It is a balmy 84 degrees outside, and I'm not complaining. It's kind of nice. I'm about sick of the cold. I'm ready for the warm. As I mentioned in my pre-recorded intro, I just got back from um, a celebration of life for my great Aunt Ruth. And like I said, it was um, the feeling was different. I, I don't know. It was at a funeral home, but there wasn't anyone or maybe a couple people here and there that was like crying and upset and bawling. And that's because she lived for 99 years and they were all good and everyone loved her and she was a great person and she didn't spend time worrying about things she couldn't change. And it was just a good time to get together, see family, relive some old memories. And I've mentioned it before, but I think that future that futures, <laughs> I think that funerals should be more, I don't know, like, a, I don't want to say happy, but a, a more, conducive to cheerful environment it's a tough way to describe a funeral but celebrating life should be more than mourning death i guess that's how i'm trying to say i'm struggling with words a little bit but if i ever die take this from here and try to make my funeral as fun as possible i don't know i probably won't ever die but if i do i want my funeral to be fun and happy and i want there to be drinks and cigars and bourbon and I don't want people crying. I don't want people mourning. I want people to celebrate the things that I did and be thankful for the time I was here. The whole funeral thing, the mourning, the sadness, the it's all weird to me. It's all, it's all cultural. It's something that we kind of created. The whole mortuary service of selling you caskets and boxes and suits and ties and 
limousines and hearses. I just, I don't see the need for that. Funerals should be as cheap as possible in a great time. That's just my opinion. You don't have to agree. With that said, I'm going to post a couple podcasts that I don't think I ever got around to posting. But it was with Aunt Ruth, the one who passed away, and some other family members. And they were interviewing her about her time as a child, growing up through the Great Depression, living on a farm in East Texas, having 16 brothers and sisters. And it's, it's really cool. They're, they're all long, there's three of them, and they're pretty long, over an hour each. And it's mainly for my family members. If you're not part of my family or you don't know the people that I know, you might not get it. And you don't have to listen to them, but I specifically wanted to post them somewhere so my family could have access to them. So you'll see them. They're called like the Aunt Ruth Chronicles. If you want to listen, go for it. If not, no hard feelings. Speaking of hard feelings, I can't figure out for the life of me why the government is so hell-bent on killing oil and gas. I know a lot of people say, It's the environment. You have to look out for the environment and the oil kills stinks. And ozone, but... But it's not something that can just happen overnight. It's not something that you can force into happening. Our world has been reliant on a certain type of energy for the last 150 years. And it's not something we can just flip a light switch on and replace it. And I don't know if it's because a lot of these politicians are in bed with these people that are involved in an emerging industry. And they can convince their constituents that they need to change the ways that we do things in order to protect the environment. I kind of think that's what it is. And politicians have figured out that they can get embedded in an industry and they can push it the way they want it to go and they can invest in it. And, and in their mind, everyone wins because I truly think that they think they're doing what's best for the environment. We're too stupid to make the change on our own. And these companies need subsidies so they can hurry up and get to where they need to be so we can save the environment and the whole thing doesn't melt down like Al Gore said was going to. That's just my guess. I don't know for sure, but it sucks for people that have invested in the oil industry, whether it's they've invested in their education and they signed up to be a petroleum engineer and now they're getting laid off because there's no work. Well, there's about to be work, I hope, but you know what I mean? And it's clear to me and anyone else who looks at what's going on that the government is hell bent on killing one industry and propping up another. And it's worrisome. I'm going to touch on this a little bit later. I'm going to go through the State of the Union, and, and I know that a lot of people have seen the, the dissection already. They've seen the summaries. I'm a little bit late. That's okay. I'm going to give you my breakdown. And one of those topics is that the government's about to now invest in technology. That should be terrifying. Whether you're a damn Republican or a damn Democrat or a damn Libertarian, and the government is a damn Republican or a damn Democrat. It doesn't matter. We should not have the government embedding their claws into businesses. So I'm going to touch on that as I go through the Statement of the Union address. Before we get into Biden pinata bashing, I'm going to play a little quote. And I may have played this a long time ago, but it's of our fearless leader, Bo Jiden, having a, a little speech to all of those constituents about something he pulled off in the Ukraine. And I'm going to play it for you. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said, call him." 
I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Okay. This really gets my blood pressure going. I'm going to break this down. What happened was Biden flew to Ukraine. He told the president and all his cronies, if you don't fire the attorney general who's sniffing around my son that's on this board of this oil company that Ukraine owns, if you don't fire this guy, then I'm not giving you the billion dollars that I brought over here to give you to back up some loan guarantees so that you can loan money to your people so that they can grow their economy and be more like the U.S. because ease of capital is what created wealth in the United States. And so the president told Biden, you don't have that authority. You can't deny me money because I'm not willing to fire our attorney general. And Biden says, you don't think I have the authority? Call the president. And he's bragging. See, this is the kind of person he is. He likes to brag about being powerful and the tough guy. And anyone who likes to brag about being tough, you can guarantee you they're not tough. Been around the block enough to see this. The tough guys, you know they're tough. The guys who say they're tough, you know they're not tough. For whatever reason, Biden enjoys this feeling of power and control and the ability to withhold money that he guaranteed, that the U.S. guaranteed to another government to help them out so that this guy stops sniffing around his son. And he replaced him with someone who's quote-unquote solid. What do you think solid means? I'm doing air quotes when I'm saying that. Solid. Solid means they're aware the reason they got appointed and they're not going to question anything. They saw what was happening. They saw the attorney general sniff around old Hunter as he was sniffing around the cocaine. And they said, all right, I see what's going on here. That dude's, that dude's going to get fired. So I'm just going to get appointed and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And I got this new job and Hunter can stay on the board and everyone stays happy. And so this is the exact same thing that, that the Democrats were so worked up about Trump doing. It is literally the exact same thing. You've heard it. It just means you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. In this case, it's a little bit more than that. It's blackmail. It's blackmail because although he didn't announce that he didn't say the reason why he wanted the attorney general runoff, it's known. It's known. And that's just disgusting. This is just a little glimpse of what goes on in politics. And you really have to dig to figure it out. It's not just a Democrat. It's not just Bo Jiden and Hunter. This goes on everywhere. So not only is Bo Jiden a corrupt, no good, lifetime stinky politician, he can no longer speak correctly. Just listen. I'm going to play a clip, and then I'm going to commentate. I'm going to play a clip, and then I'm going to commentate. Here's the first one. He gets Iranian and Ukrainian. <laughs> mixed up and i'm only laughing is because we have we elected this buffoon we stand with you we stand with you say it twice joe putin may circle kiev with tanks but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the iranian people the iranian people will never gain the hearts and the souls of the iranian people i got news joey he's not trying to gain the hearts and the souls of the iranian people he's not even trying to gain the hearts and the souls of the ukrainian people he's trying to win with an iron fist Oh, I just picture the people that wrote his speech sitting there watching with their fingers crossed and their knuckles tight. And they say, come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Oh, no. He said Iranian. He said Iranian. Oh, my gosh. You know what? Gone are the days where live TV only airs one time. Sorry, buddy. We got this forever. Forever. The Iranians, he says. Most Americans can remove their masks and stay in the classroom. 
and move forward most. safely. Not all, but most. We achieved this because we provided free vaccines, free treatment, tests, and masks. Tests and masks. Of course, continuing this costs money, so I'll not surprise you. I'll be back to see you all. And I'm going to soon send a request to Congress. The vast majority of Americans have used these tools and may want again. We may need them again, so I expect... Okay. Here we go. He's already asking for more money. You're going to see the theme of these little of these clips is more money, more money, more money. Just needs more money. Not we're going to cut military spending. We're going to cut this. We're going to cut off the United States postal system and apply it towards masking. But we need more money. Just need just give us more money. We can fix everything. Just more money, more money. Crazy, crazy. And, and we all knew that he would he would tout the winning of the of the of the virus as his doings. It's like three weeks ago, he was begging people to get vaccinated. Remember? So this is very clever. See, these people, they know what they're doing. They knew when the State of the Union address was. They stopped begging for masks about three weeks. There's no telling how much money they spent to, for someone to tell them, hey, uh, how much time before the State of the Union do we need to stop talking about this in order for the average person to kind of forget about it and feel like COVID's over with? And somebody comes back and said, well, we can tell you that for uh, $1.5 million. Okay, tell us for $1.5 million. And then they said, about three weeks. Okay, we'll do it. We're in the mask. Talk, stop talking about the mask. And then that way, um, when we do the uh, statement of the, uh, the reunion, they won't know about the mask no more. We can say we won. And we just go, okay, we just bite it, hook, line, and sinker. They conveniently lifted the mask mandate the day before the State of the Union. Regardless of how you feel about the mask, regardless of how it makes you feel inside, all these anti-maskers running around, carelessly spreading the virus of death, giving the black plague to all the old people, regardless of how you feel about that, you should be able to step back and say, wow, look at the timing. Three weeks ago, they were literally paying people to get vaccines. They were begging. They were saying, in order to keep the economy going, in order for this to happen, in order to keep from this happening, in order to protect this person, in order to not overrun the hospitals, you must get the vaccine. And then they just stopped. And then three weeks later, the reason that we beat the virus is because everyone got the vaccine. That's not true. That's not true. The reason that we beat the virus is because it wasn't that bad. It was not that bad. And anyone who says it was bad... A year or two from now, I, I, I wouldn't even know how to argue that statement. I wouldn't even know where to start because you're going to see. I'm going to make a prediction on here. At the end of this year, the total deaths in 2022 will be lower. There will be a lower number of total deaths. And the reason for that is that a lot of them that were sick and weak got pulled into 2021. The, the year is just an imaginary line in the sand. It doesn't mean anything. That's my prediction. I could be wrong. I'm going to come back on here as soon as I get the data in 2023. And we're going to see who's right. I'm going to show y'all how to cow eat the cabbage. Here's a good one. Here's a good one coming up. Y'all listen to this one. This is a really, really, really cringe. It's really cringe, but it's so good. Check it out. Stop. <clears throat> because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. See how good he is at covering up? You see, he's been gaffing his whole life. This is nothing new to him. They're just getting worse and worse. A wall cannot stop a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the virus. He meant to say a wall cannot stop a virus. And it was right in front of him. It was written. All he had to do was read it. All he had to do was regurgitate what was on the screen. And he can't even do it. He can't even do it. 
Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. Like, I don't know. Kamala and Pelosi face are sitting behind him. And I would give anything just to hear the thoughts that are going through their mind. That are they're, they're thinking, oh, no, 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 not that, 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 Walt, oh, Joe, gosh, dang it. The wall stops immigrants, not viruses, Joe, not viruses. Vaccines and walls have nothing to do with each other. We're not trying to stop vaccines. We're trying to help vaccines. Come on, Joe, you can do it. Come on. Poor Papa. Get this man on the fishing boat. Let's come together and protect our communities, restore trust, and hold law enforcement accountable. Let's come together, restore trust, and hold our law enforcement accountable. What does that mean? What does that mean? Hold law enforcement accountable? Is, is law enforcement just running around, just running amok, complete, completely unaccountable? Didn't the guy just get sentenced to prison for, for kneeling on George Floyd when he died? Is that not accountability? Or do, do you really think that we're holding law enforcement unaccountable? Because I don't think anyone who's in law enforcement would agree with you. There are no statistics that support that, that we're not holding law enforcement accountable. And you're going to see it. Crime's going to continue to go up because cops are now scared to take action against criminals because the color of their skin will get them in trouble. Does that make you feel uncomfortable? Does that, does that bother you a little bit? I'm sorry. Ask Congress to pass proven measures to reduce gun violence. What proven measures are there? to reduce gun violence. If there was proven measures to reduce gun violence, we would have already done it. Nobody likes gun violence. Gun violence is irresponsible behavior. It's not the guns. Pass universal background checks. Why should anyone on the terrorist list be able to purchase a weapon? Uh, newsflash, Joey, when was the last time you bought a gun? There are universal background checks. When you buy a gun, they run your driver's license. They check. They check for warrants. They check to see what list you're on. I don't know if terrorists can buy guns. I'd like to see some evidence. I don't think terrorists are running around buying guns. It's not terrorists. It's rednecks who follow the law and do what they're supposed to do. Why? Why? And folks, ban assault weapons with high-capacity magazines hold up 100 rounds. You hear... Do you hear how his mind is going faster than his poor widow mouth? Ben rounds. He says, ban assault rifles with a magazine capacity of 100 rounds. So I understand that he knows nothing about weapons. I get that. But someone who writes these speeches should take the time to learn that you don't ban the gun, you ban the magazine. So what is it exactly he wants us to do? Ban every gun that can accept a magazine that holds 100 rounds? Do, do you not think when you're speaking that half the country that's watching this knows a lot about guns? Do you not think that? Is there no one smart enough around there to tell you, hey, Joe, I know you don't know about guns, but let me just give you a little bit of a breakdown. You see, there's a gun, and it can hold different magazines. It can hold a magazine that holds four rounds or 40 rounds or 40 hundred rounds. Who knows? But it's not the guns that you're talking about. It's the magazines. Magazines are interchangeable. It's just, it blows my mind that these people get up here, and they want to make policies about things they know nothing of. You think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? 
Look, repeal the liability shield that makes gun manufacturers the only industry in America that can't be sued. The only one. By far one of my favorite moments in the whole debacle. Oh, Biden asking if we think that deer wear Kevlar vests. <laughs> do they wear Kevlar vests? Then why do you need so many rounds? Oh, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. But let's back up a little bit. Other than the fact that his joke fell flat on its face, why is it that it's, it's Democrats mainly who do this? I don't like to put people in boxes, but I do notice trends. And there's this sentiment amongst Democrats that certain people should only do what they need. They should only participate or have things that they need. There is so much hypocrisy in this, it's hard to know where to start. These are the people that fly in private jets. Is there a need for them to fly in private jets? Is there a need for these people to have multiple homes? No, there's not. We live so far beyond our needs because we're rich. We're a wealthy country. And, and luxury items come with that. Buying things that you don't need is why people work. If they didn't, if they just need to sustain, they would sit at home all day and collect government checks and be happy with that. They'd be satisfied with that. Every now and then, if they wanted something, they might go rob something or work for a day for a little bit of money. But for the most part, people work to acquire things that they want, not that they need. And this mindset is so hypocritical because even the people who gripe about us money-hungry, greedy Republicans acquiring more than what we need do the exact same thing themselves. And that, to me, says a lot. Look, repeal the liability shield that makes gun manufacturers the only industry in America that can't be sued. The only one. Imagine had we done that with the tobacco manufacturers. These laws don't infringe on the Second Amendment. Once again, that was a terrible, terrible, terrible analogy by one of his little intern speechwriters. There is no such law that keeps gun manufacturers from being sued from malfunctioning guns or, or guns shooting people because they went off without someone pulling the trigger. There is that law. There is no law. There's a law that says you can't sue a gun manufacturer because you're unhappy that your son was killed by a thug because technically it's not their fault. See, they take these laws that they, and they just twist them around to make them sound like they're terrible. The analogy with a tobacco company is just is preposterous. It's terrible. I mean, we're not... It, should you be able to sue a gun company for someone committing suicide? I mean, that's really what it boils down to. I don't think you should. If you should, then you should be able to sue a car company when the guy drives his car off the bridge or when he parks in the garage and he puts his windows down. You should sue the car company. Or when someone hangs themselves, you should sue the rope company. There's no parallel there. None. As Bill Clinton would say, there's no there there. The most fundamental right in America is the right to vote and have it counted. The most fundamental right. It is more important than anything is the right to vote. I disagree, but okay. And look, it's under assault. In state after state, new laws have been passed. Not only suppress the vote, we've been there before, but to subvert the entire election.
We can't let this happen. Tonight, I call on the Senate to pass, pass the Freedom to Vote Act. Pass, pass the Freedom to Vote Act. Pass the Freedom to Cheat Act. Is it, is it Freedom to Vote? Is requiring an ID taking away the Freedom to Vote? Is that what it's doing? Are we letting people vote who aren't smart enough to figure out how to get an ID? But there's some people that are poor and they can't go get an ID. I don't believe you. Show me them. Take me to them. Take me to the people who cannot figure out how to get an ID. Go show me them. When you show me them and you show me how many there are, and if it's a lot, I'll believe you. But until then, I don't think there's people out there that are too stupid to get IDs. It's not difficult. You need an ID to fly. You need an ID to get your free medical. You need an ID to get your food stamps. You need an ID to get everything. What laws are states passing that keep people from voting? Ugh. Y'all go get my blood pressure high. First, beat the opioid epidemic. Easy for you to say. There's so much we can do. Increase funding for prevention, treatment, harm reduction and recovery. Get rid of outdated rules and stop doctors and, and the, that stop doctors from prescribing treatments. Wait, do what now? Stop them from doing what? Recovery. Get rid of outdated rules and stop doctors and and the, that stop doctors from prescribing treatments wait 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 just so i'm clear joe st stop outdated rules and and stop doctors from prescribing treatments say it, say it one more time just so i make sure i got it just read it back one more time get rid of outdated rules and stop doctors and and the, that stop doctors from prescribing Treatments, 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 treatments. Okay, I was just making sure that I heard that everyone, you know what would happen if Trump got up for the State of the Union and he would have said, get doctors to stop prescribing treatments. They would go, oh no, Trump wants doctors to not prescribe treatments anymore. Trump wants all the opioid heads just to die. He just wants them to die. Stop prescribing treatments. That's what Trump wants. We can't be for a president who wants to stop prescribing treatments. I know the guy tripped over his words, and it's funny. It's funny because he's so old. He's so old. We make people stop flying planes at like 60, and we got this knucklehead who can barely walk, doesn't know where he is, running the whole country with the code to the nuclear football. Okay, in this next clip, don't worry about the topic. He, Of course, he's, you know, he's wanting to... The government to fund some other research, something or other, to make us more powerful in war and to make us, I don't know, for people to take us more seriously or something like that. But just listen to how weak he sounds, especially when he trails off at the end of his little monologue, how it just, the, our enemies must be laughing at us. To get there, I call on Congress to fund what I call ARPA-H, Advanced... <laughs> Advanced Research Projects think, think, Agency think. for Health. Pattern after DARPA in the Defense Department. Projects that led in DARPA to the Internet, GPS, and so much more that make our forces more safer and be able to wage war more with more clarity. To make our forces more safer and to with more clarity. Does that sound powerful? Does that sound powerful? You think our 
enemies are intimidated by this guy who would make himself more powerful than clear. What, what happened to trying to win? What happened to being competitive and wanting to be the most powerful nation in the world? Is there anything wrong with that? You see, we got people leading our country who are more focused on gender equality and the fact that transgender people need their own bathroom and the fact that um, we have systemic racism, which, you know, we can all agree or disagree about those topics. But what we should all agree on is that America should be the most powerful country in the world. We have the ability to do it. We have it. We should, we should be competitive. We should want to win. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone else has to lose. But negotiations are two people arguing to get what's in their best interest. That's all a negotiation is. And, and to win negotiations, it helps. It's almost crucial that you're powerful. That you present, you project a sense of control, a sense of knowledge, a sense of calmness and power. Why are we not teaching this to people? Why are we shying away from it? Why are we teaching kids that it's okay to be last place? And you know what? It really is okay. It really is okay to be last place. It should motivate you to be first place. But it shouldn't be okay to just be content with finishing last every time. You should want to win. All right, I'm going to play the last clip. This is all I can handle this dude. And then uh, we'll go from there. It's like it's like a minute long. It's it's this closing lines of the entire address. And I would like for you to listen to it. I would like for you to close your eyes even if you voted for him and and just picture someone, doesn't have to be him speaking and think to yourself, is this who I want representing the country? Don't worry about yeah, but better than Trump, better than Trump, better, better than Trump, better. Anyone's better than Trump. Devil himself is better than Trump. Hitler's better than Trump. Don't worry about that. I want you to answer the question Is this who you want leading our country? One minute, 30 seconds. We'll meet the test. Protect freedom and liberty. Clear your throat, Joe. Expand fairness and opportunity. And something. And we will save democracy. As hard as those times have been, I'm more optimistic about America today than I've been my whole life because I see the future that's within our grasp because I know there's simply nothing beyond our, our capacity. It's me jumping in here. Come on, come on, capacity. You see how when he gets worked up, he just kind of does a little fist pounding and then we need to do this and then we have to do this and then you have to do that. And it's so contrived. It's so fake. There's so much effort. There's so much thought. He's thinking about how to sound powerful because he doesn't sound powerful normally. He's not a guy who commands respect. So he's projecting, he's acting and he raises his voice at the right times. He's been doing this for 45 years. He's not, he's practiced up at this. And it's funny to me because I can spot it a mile away. We're the only nation on earth that has always turned every crisis we faced into an opportunity. Is that good or bad? Is that good or is that bad? Because Obama used to say, never let a good crisis go to waste. The only nation that can be defined by a single word, possibilities. So on this night, wrong. on our 245th year as a nation, I've come to report on the state of the nation, the state of the union. You don't even know his report. And my on. report is this. 
The State of the Union is strong because you, the American people, are strong. We're not. We are stronger today. We are stronger today than we were a year ago. We are the weakest we've ever been. This country collectively gets weaker by the year. And that's a fact, Jack. And we'll be stronger a year from now than we are today. This is our moment to meet and overcome the challenges of our time. And we will, as one people, one America, the United States of America. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. Go get him. Go get him. (laughs) Go get him. He closes it out with, God bless our troops. Go get him. (laughs) I'd like to think that was something that popped up on the teleprompter and someone meant to send a message to someone that was like telling them to go get Joe. Like, go get him. He's done. Go get him. (laughs) And it popped up on the wrong screen. And they're like, oh, no. He's going to say it. He's going to say it. He's going to say it. Oh, he said it. He said, go get him. No, Joe, that wasn't for you. And then that guy got fired. He's done. We'll see you, buddy. You're never on the teleprompter again. You just told the president to say, go get him, after he closed out the entire mumbling, bumbling, worthless, pathetic speech. Why do I think our country's getting weaker? I think it's getting weaker because we're focusing on things like it's important to us to put a transgender person to lead the military. We're focusing on things like it's important to us that we seek out a black woman to put as vice president. And it's important to us that we seek out a woman of color to serve on the Supreme Court. Don't get me wrong. I think those things are great. If a transgender person comes through the military and they're the baddest son of a bitch around and nobody will box them and they destroy people, that's fine. Let's do it. I want them. If there's a black woman and she's a candidate for vice president and she destroys people in debates and she understands geopolitical events and she knows how finance works, hey, I am all for it. I think it's great. I was happy when Obama won because we elected a black president. That shows progress. It shows that we're going places. We're doing things. Looking back on it, I think he was elected because he was black. That's just my opinion. We don't have to agree. So that's why we're getting weaker. We're, we're placing priorities on things that don't matter on the global scale. They don't matter within the borders of our country. We're picking people for the wrong reasons. That's all it boils down to. If we're not going to pick someone because they're a white male, then we shouldn't pick someone because they're a black woman. You know, throughout the speech, he talks about unity and together. And then he flips around and he says stuff like, us, we, them, they. But you're supposed to be talking to the entire country. And if we're a body of one people with one government, why are you using words like we, them, us, and they when you're referring to people inside the borders of our country? It should just be we. That's it. We. All of us. There should be no them. Unless they're enemies, there should be no them. Unless they're foreigners or outsiders, there should be no them. I didn't, I didn't get the clip, but there was a, a part in there where he talked about funding Intel, funding a, a, a technology company. Number one, the technology companies have plenty of power and plenty of money. We don't need to send our tax dollars to them. These companies exist for profit. They're there to make money. 
they they aim to produce profit. When did we did we ever think that we would have a State of the Union address whereby the president is naming companies by name? GM, Ford, Chrysler, Intel. Of course, he didn't name Tesla. At least I don't think he did. He quoted GM and Ford for doing something, adding like 5,000 jobs and $2 billion worth of investment. And then you got Tesla over here who has like 15, 20,000 employees and like $50 billion of investment in the electric vehicle sector. Why does he not like Tesla? What does he have against Elon Musk? Oh, could it be that Elon doesn't support the unions? Mm, might that be it? Might it be that when Joe Biden started in his little lifelong political career, Democrats were the working men. They were the people that wore the blue-collar shirts. They were the people that went to work every day and worked with their hands. And so he got in bed with the unions because he was a Democrat. Now, things have changed a little bit, and Republicans are the hardworking guys. Those are the guys who support Trump. But unfortunately, Biden's in bed with the unions. They fund his elections. So he has to walk this tightrope. He pretends like unions are necessary and that they're a good thing and that we really, really, really need them. But unfortunately, much like many things he says, that's completely untrue. Another thing he said was, we need to secure the border and provide a pathway to citizenship. This is just a setup for amnesty. This is just to introduce a bill eventually that will provide amnesty to all the people that have been pouring in illegally. I don't know why... Well, actually, I do. I'm convinced that they're letting people pour in illegally and so that they can convert them to voters. They understand that a lot of the Hispanic voters are kind of starting to go towards Republicans because they are hardworking people. Their morals and their values align with the right. They support their family. They work hard. They're seeking a better life. Those are morals of the right, not the left. The left doesn't like to work hard. They don't see hard work and sweat equity as a virtue. They think that people should be able to figure out how to get by without working. That's good for them. They think that our minds need time to relax, stimulate, and absorb art. And maybe they do, but that's an individual basis. Throughout his entire speech, there is no mention of the financial catastrophe that our country is in the middle of, other than gas prices. Anyone in their right mind, any business leader who would have stood up there and given that speech to their employees or their, their business in the time that we're in now with the financial situation that our country is in, people would have walked out of there scratching their heads and saying, man, he didn't say anything about inflation or our debt-to-GDP ratio. Or the fact that we're relying on our enemies for fuel? But no, he didn't. He wanted to talk about how we can maintain low prices. And so what is he going to do? He's setting things up for price controls. I'm going to call it now. I'm going to make a prediction. I think that the U.S. government will get involved in price of fuel. I think that they're going to say, there's price gouging going on and we have to protect people. And so then they're going to start subsidizing these oil companies. And they're going to say, here's some money, lower your prices. Lower your prices down a little bit. Or, or they're going to say, here's some 
advertising buys. Let's convince people to buy electric. That way, the, the companies that we're invested in will make some money, and we'll make some money too, and we'll save the environment. It'll be a good thing for everyone. You know, I just see the government getting its claws deeper and deeper and deeper in business, and that is not a good thing. Anyone should agree with that. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, whatever. There's no businesses out there that are taking advantage of people that require the government to step in and keep the people safe. It's not happening. It's not happening. But the government sees businesses in the time of weakness, and they can step in and help them out. And they can make things a little bit better for the people and for the business. And so what does the business do? They say, um, okay, that's free money. We'll take it. But yeah, no mention of the economy or inflation. All these plans that he has, all these ideas that require more money, more money, more money. Where's the money going to come from, Joe? Listen, wars are only profitable when you can print money which we cannot do right now because we're having runaway inflation. Where's the money going to come from? How about getting up there and saying, I'm going to seek efficiency. I'm going to look for places in the government where we can cut spending. I'm going to eliminate some jobs. I know it's going to sting for some people, but you'll find jobs in the private sector. You know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cut my salary. I'm going to donate my $450,000 a year salary to the first people who get laid off. Because we have to get government spending under control. I inherited a monster. It came with tons of debt. It came with all this money that was being printed. We've got to fix it, guys. We've got to pull together. We're going to tighten up our shoestrings. And we're going to do it. I'm cleaning up what Trump left me. Okay? Understand that. And, and part of that's true. If he would just say, we want to make things more efficient. We want to improve your life through efficiency. We need to cut spending. There's too many government programs that don't do anything. We're giving money to countries who provide nothing in return. I'm going to end all that. It's going to look weird. It's going to feel different. But you give me a couple years and your lives will be better. If not, vote me out and I'll go away. But I'm not going to screw things up more than they already are. I guarantee you that. If he would just say those types of things, I wouldn't be spending 45 minutes bashing him. But he knows exactly what to say to the people who don't understand the way things work. And this is the same thing that I say about Kamala Harris. They just get up there and babble because it's not important to them that the country wins. It's not important to them that the net worth of every American goes up. You see, they don't care about that. They just want to get reelected. And I understand that money's not everything. And I get that we need to be cognizant of racial issues that can happen but I don't think that we need to put those things above the financial stability of our country right now. Right now is not the time. Right now is the time to focus on what can I do to make sure inflation doesn't skyrocket? How can I get oil as fast as possible? And you know what? There will be price controls. I know I said it. I'm saying it again. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. There's going to be price controls on fuel. It'll be cleverly disguised. Maybe not. Who knows? But they're going to happen. And you're going to end up like Venezuela. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Price controls are never good. Price controls are terrible. Rationing is not good. This is what happened with toilet paper. Remember that? Remember when COVID hit and somebody convinced everybody that there would be no more toilet paper? <laughs> so idiots lined up outside Sam's Club 
for three, four, five hours wrapped around the whole building waiting to get the toilet paper because the toilet paper is going to run out. We won't have nothing to wipe our butts. You know what I did? I didn't run out of toilet paper, but I had some T-shirts picked out that if I ran out of toilet paper, I'd switch over to T-shirts. What I ended up doing was buying a $30 bidet that attaches to your toilet seat, and I'll never buy toilet paper again. It's so hard on the environment, you know? We chop down all these trees, and we just, what? We use, these trees live their whole life. They give us oxygen and carbon dioxide, and we cut them down to wipe our butts with them? Are you kidding me? Do you know how many trees we could save if we all just used bidets? <laughs> Where's that argument? I really wish I didn't care. I wish I didn't care about politics that much. You know, and it's not... You know what? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna re retract that and re maybe retort my emphasis and reproduce the syllabalities of the anonymity in order to replicate the hypothecation. In other words, I'm gonna re-explain it. I don't really like politics per se, but I do really enjoy observing human behavior, and I can't help but be bothered when I see something that sits the wrong way. And I try to exclude myself from this whole, like, I don't want to be labeled as the Sean Hannity's or the, the, the desk-pounding Fox News talking heads that's always we and they and us Republicans and we Democrats and they and them. I don't want to be that. I do notice generalizations between the two different types of people. And I do understand that typically certain values align with the left and certain values align with the right. But I like to dissect our leaders or people that we choose to lead, to help people make an informed decision. Now, you don't have to agree with me. You can be totally satisfied with the way that Biden's handling things. I have yet to hear a valid argument, but I would be willing to listen. And so, really the hopes of me explaining my opinion is just to shed some light, for maybe a light bulb to go off in someone's head and say, you know what, that old red-bearded son of a gun, he kind of makes sense. Or... Maybe not. I don't know. But I hope that it makes sense to you. And, and I don't really want to bring people to my way of thinking. I don't want a bunch of carbon copies of me walking around. But I do want people to start using their own brain to dissect things and make decisions based on that. I hope that I motivate people to go out and do their own research and read and fact check me and make sure what I'm saying is right. Because the minute that we just start gobbling up everything that's shoved in front of us, is the minute that we turn it into little lemmings that's controlled by the media. And I see it happening, and it's terrifying to me. And, and I'm not some genius that has some crystal ball. I could be wrong about everything. There's tons that go on that I don't know about. But all I can do is dissect what I see and try to go a little bit deeper. That's it. I was recently with someone, and they were asked, not by me, because I'm not the kind of person that walks up to somebody and goes, Oh, so you happy you voted for Biden? Nope, I don't do that. I don't, that's not cool. If you want to open a dialogue and talk about somebody, you can do that. Anyway, so this happened in front of me this weekend. And somebody walks up and they ask somebody, so are you still happy with your vote? And the only thing that this person could say, better than Trump, is better than Trump. And I just wonder, is everything better than Trump? Would Hitler be better than Trump or Mussolini? I mean, where do you draw the line, right? Because not everyone is better than Trump. There are people who are better than Trump, way better. I think a lot of business leaders are better than Trump. 
I think a lot of business leaders would do a fabulous job. I would vote for Elon Musk. I know. He can't run. He's from South Africa. I know. I know. I know. I get it. But I would vote for him because he understands it. Biden doesn't understand it. He's too far out of touch. He's too old. He's too far gone. His brain's mushy. Okay, there's a dead horse in front of me, and I'm just beating on it. I got a big whip. I got a big whip from the, what is it, the, um, oh gosh, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones. And I'm just whipping on that horse. And the horse is like, yo, bro, I'm dead. And I'm still whipping him, and I'm whipping him, and I'm whipping him, and I'm whipping him. And that's just what I do. So that's it. My blood pressure is too high. I'm going to go outside and play fetch with the dogs. I hope you listen to every minute of this podcast. And I hope you feel that Biden is not equipped to be president. And I hope you can share those sentiments with other people without pissing them off. Until next time, I appreciate you listening to Life in Paradise podcast, where we talk about Bo Jiden, mainly. So go out there, have a great week, get ahead of your chores, pay off your debt, don't finance toys, put a little bit of extra butter on your biscuit every now and then, and most of all, keep it tranquilo. though.